And we are live. Welcome to Transaction Street. On today's episode, I've got Daryl Green. He is a dear friend of mine. He is someone I actually met when I first moved to the UK. He is a coach and he helps people become better, do better and feel better every single day. His journey has not been easy. He has been in the military. He has had hardships and he is where he is now, all because of everything he has learned during his journey. And today he is here. He wants to share his journey with us. So I hope all of you can just listen in and just listen to him and his story because it's a great one. So before we go into it, please like, subscribe and share. Let's get it. Good morning, Daryl. How are you doing? Yeah, great, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are things in the UK? I know Corona is here. Pandemic. How are are you coping? How's your family doing? How's everything? Yeah. um, Well, we just come out of the second lockdown, um, as they called it. Um, Not really sure how much of a lockdown it was, but um, so that's good news, I guess. Gyms have reopened and stuff like that, so we can head back to them and if people are really interested, yeah. they can go to the pubs and stuff too. So yeah, Did, didn't you hit like 116 kilo snatch yesterday or day before? Like the gym yeah. just reopened, and and you had this phase of not going to the gym. Obviously, you couldn't lift weights, and now all of a sudden you've gone to the gym. You know, one or two days in, and you just snatched 116 kilos. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't really know where that comes from. <laughs> I don't really know where it comes from. <laughs> I only like went to the well. I lifted about four times during the lockdown. Um, yeah. My grandparent on my grandparents' driveway, um, which like it did affect lifting a lot because there's a lot of changes mm. in the environment and you know how much you have to focus for snatching and stuff like that. So, but I guess just well rested, back in focused mm. and um, knew what I needed to do and just just work, keep working towards it. And yeah, it just happened. When the iron's hot, well, you know, good. You strike. <laughs> that's, you just go for it. So, so right yeah. now you're doing this project with uh, Phil Price, who who's a doctor at Saint Mary's University, on concurrent training. Um, so, so just stop me like a quick thirty second overview on what that is about, and you know where they can find you and Phil's podcasts. Yeah, well, we. Phil had this set up before and unfortunately his other host that he was doing it with couldn't make this this season's challenge so he asked me and we basically we just want to put science to to the test and um, put it out there to people to show that we can you can do it or what isn't possible what is possible and we both um, come together and said right we're gonna we're gonna aim for a four-hour marathon under four hour marathon and we're going to do a certain amount of lifts and show that we can improve strength and endurance at the same time um or at least do both at the same time (laughs) the feels is a little bit different to me he is he's doing more um i want to say static lifting not as not as dynamic as a as a or powerful as an olympic lift Um, more power lifting type uh yeah that if you if you're looking at that yeah so he's doing a squat uh, a strict press, 
a weighted pull up and a deadlift. Um, so okay. that, that he's doing four, I'm only doing one, a snatch. Um, I've set my goal at 120, which is going to be a PB, but whilst mm. trying to train for a marathon at the same time. And he's set himself a target of 10% across all lifts um, increase, which that's we tested incredible. at the start. Um, we were already en route for improvement. So that's that's the goal. We don't know about the marathon yet. We just, we're just going to do that on the day. But if, if people want to follow it, it's called the Progress Theory Podcast. And you can follow mm-hmm. it on Instagram, social media, uh, Spotify, Apple, usual things. Um, perfect, yeah. perfect. Well, that was great. That was great. Um, so yeah, so before we start, I mean, I just want to go over how Daryl and I met. Um, it's a pretty incredible story. I moved to the UK back in 2016 to uh, pursue sports science, you know, at, at the University of Portsmouth. And he was there, you know, he was, I mean, he wasn't there, there. He was in the military, but I literally rocked up to the CrossFit gym. I remember this so vividly. And I went to the owner of the CrossFit gym and I'm like, who is the best in this gym? (laughs) Simple. And he's like, oh, there's this, there's this guy who comes, but he's in the military right now, but he only comes in the weekends. Um, So his name is Daryl Green. So just come in the weekends. And I was just the next weekend. I think I, I missed you, but the next one, I literally stayed Saturday, Sunday, every single day, the whole time there, just waiting for you to rock up. But fortunately, you were there when I came in the morning because you know you're a, you're a morning guy. Um, and then yeah, I'll let you continue the story if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I remember it quite um, vividly actually too. And I was in the middle of a workout, I think, when you walked in, um, and. <laughs> I think it was, I, I can't remember the name of the workout, but it was um, Helen. kettlebell swings. Helen. Yeah, Helen, that's it. It was part, like, and then it rolled into another one after that. It was not just mm. that single workout. It was programmed to roll into a few others. And I was in the middle of doing doing that workout, which is a run, kettlebell swings, pull-ups, and you, you walked in. I, I noticed you when you walked in, um, and you didn't say a word. You did not say a word to me and you just, you saw, um, I don't know if you saw what I had on the board or you are someone and you just jumped in. You just start, started doing pull up, pull ups next to me. You grabbed the kettlebell, you started swinging and yeah. And then from there we, we trained the rest. I think after that part of the workout, we had a chat and we carried on training. And then after that, it was like, I said, yeah, let's train. Whenever I'm home, we'll train, yeah. um, exchange numbers. And then from there, um, yeah, we, we continued that yeah. ever since, didn't we? Um, it just kept going every weekend, you know, yeah. kept getting closer. We giving, became close friends, trained together. Um, so talk to me about yourself, you know, how how is it being an athlete? How is it being a coach right now, you know, with everything going on? And then and then we can go into your journey as a, as a person from the army, from being a youth to becoming a coach you are now. Yeah. Well... I'll start with like I'll start with the athlete side of it. Um, mm. Well, <clears throat> how's it being an athlete? I, I kind of don't really, I don't really want to con- class myself as an athlete. Obviously, I train and work super hard when I'm in the gym. Um, I, I'm no means a professional. Um, obviously, I'm striving for the best in that side of my life and always wanting to improve. Um, 
there's there's no um, there's no way to put how it feels or how it is being an athlete. I think it's just it's kind of come naturally over the times that I've I've gone through in my life, and which will we will come on, I'm sure, and just trying to 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 um, like better myself. It's not. I don't class, oh, I want to be a better athlete. I want to be a better this. I want to compete in this. It's all, I don't, I don't set myself up to compete against anyone else too much. It's yeah. more, it's mainly just about what I'm doing at the time and um, trying to improve on that. It's not, I don't, maybe sometimes when I'm actually competing and I go to the big CrossFit competitions or, or events that, yeah, I, I, I'll obviously have a target in my head, but mm. um, it's quite hard, though. You know, it's like, do you classify yourself as an athlete, or like even me? Like, do I classify myself as an athlete or just someone who's doing out of passion? You know, it's it's there's a very fine line, but I feel there are two types of athletes. One's an athlete who trains, and and uh, training is a big part of their life, so. I classify myself as an athlete, but not a competitive athlete because I'm not going out there and competing with the world's best. You know, I'm not at their level, but <clears throat> I am still every day, you know, putting hours towards a goal of becoming either a competitive athlete or just bettering myself, as you said. Yeah, so, I mean, li listening to that, you kind of, I guess, kind of, we both are competitive athletes, but competitive <laughs> with ourselves hmm. um, in that that's that's what we that's what we're doing we are almost uh, yeah just kind of alone in the journey like we, we're supporting ourselves and we, yeah, don't, we don't have no spon sponsors, sponsorships nothing. we just we just <clears throat> are doing what we do because we love doing it and hmm. the feelings and and things it does for our lives and how it it's impacts beautiful. them yeah yeah, yeah. um and how's so, it being a coach then? Oh, it's amazing. Like, I, I, I don't really know how it started. I guess we'll, we'll come on to that in a bit, bit more detail. But almost <clears throat> giving something back is mm. is pretty incredible to <clears throat> to um, to be able to use my experience of my training history. And of course, all the stuff I'm learning to implement that into other people and and support them on their journey is quite mm. it's quite powerful and quite fulfilling. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it's been pretty tough this year with uh, the coronavirus, and you've had to you've had to adapt massively. Um. Luckily, I kind of already had things in place. Um. To be able to do stuff remotely, I wasn't such a fan of the Zoom stuff, uh, <laughs> because. <clears throat> I guess you just, it's almost like you're just a cheerleader. You're not actually coaching. Um, yeah, maybe yeah. some people need you to watch, but then they'll just put you on mute or they've played music so they can't even hear you anyway. Mm. You're just there watching a screen. Um, so if they're doing it wrong and you're trying to correct them in some way, they still can't hear you. And to be honest, they're probably at that time, they're not really too bothered about trying to listen to the computer. But um, so yeah, I, have, I, okay. I, I use different ways for that. Um, and yeah, there's, uh, having the ability to adapt has, has really, has been a skill I've learned massively with coaching. Um, there's no solution. There's, 
you've got to just deal with endless relationships yeah, yeah yeah that's great that's that's also a great thing like you build built so many <laughs> friendships throughout my coaching career so far and um, yeah, yeah i really enjoy it really enjoying that so so how did coaching being an athlete you know what happened during your youth that made you want to go in that direction you know what were you doing when you were young that made you think about all this you know how were you were you like a fat kid who wanted to come thin like that was my thing uh <laughs> yeah well so yeah you obviously know the story yeah i was um hmm. when i was young i was super i was overweight i was massively overweight um it wasn't that i wasn't active i was very active i was always out playing with friends i was never really indoors too much yeah i had a game console and all that but it, a lot of it was i was eating. out <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Literally, I just loved eating. Um, obviously, I consume more than I, than I, um, <laughs> more more than I burn. So, um, I was overweight. I was, just, I guess, just in a different stage of the life that I'm in now. Um, it's just, mm. it just nothing. I was still the same person. There was nothing different about me. I was just, it was just a part of my life that was there and. Um, I made different choices at that time and then I again made other choices to become the person I am now so um, I guess if you want to know the back backstory completely about my youth um, <laughs> I was brought up by my mum mainly um, separated family so which is always quite hard on a kid and you don't really realize that until you're older it got it and it all it the environment becomes super competitive between your mum and your dad um, and you're kind of just in you're just the person in the middle so um, and you're there's a there's a there's a battle inside like oh, I can't can't talk about dad to mum I can't talk about mum to dad uh, because it's insane. yeah because you've got kind of it's, it's, it's separate and yeah, maybe there was a bit of tension between them both at the so yeah, just um those type of things. It 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 was quite hard looking back at it now, it's probably had an effect on me um throughout the rest of my life. Um but I guess you just gain awareness as you get older and um you yeah. kind of use it as you as you go through. Um other hardships when I was at school obviously I was quite overweight I think back in like junior school so you're only what <laughs> nine ten is it I um did you get bullied did you get yeah made fun of? I did actually yeah <laughs> um I was actually I was I actually laughing um, no it's not good like, bullying I was actually um I'd consider myself fairly popular at school like I mm. had a huge group of friends I was known around school um and it was actually an older per like person that was a lot older than me. I remember, I remember this. I will always remember this, and this is why I would never ever do it. I remember getting on the school bus from my house, and we, there was a route, and and it was actually a girl. Yeah, yeah. And as you can see, I've got freckles. You probably can't too well on the camera. It's not that great, but um, and the name I was always got called was Freckleface, and I really like really hated it. And she was a lot older than me. And I remember one day I was on this school bus, and I 
or sat in, sat on the seats and I could see that she was getting on and I just sat on the floor in between these two seats, like, please don't see me, please don't see me. Um, and I'd love to have a conversation with this with this girl now. And I know that she still lives very, I know that she still lives very local. Um, but at the, I'm, I'm, at the time, she probably don't even realise what she was doing. So mm. I don't, it's, it's not like I, I hate or have any bad feelings towards that person. So, so was she just make, she was just making fun of you basically in the bus. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or, or even around school, if we walk past one another. So, um, but yeah, so, yeah, That's so, so a very long time ago, but you just yeah. So how did all this, you know, make you want to change your life? Because I feel like if I've, I mean, I used to be, you know, a little chubby kid growing up, and you know, yeah, you know, people used to call, you know, make fun of you. Obviously, I used to be a swimmer, so I used to, you know, go have to undress and stuff, and I was very conscious. Um, it really fueled my motivation to change, but it only came after a while, you know? Yeah. Um, so how did that come about for you? At what yeah, age? It, it doesn't happen instantly. It really doesn't. I was, I, I, obviously I was overweight and like, you have the old man boobs hmm. <laughs> as a child. Yeah. And I also did swim um, a lot after school. That was probably the only sport I did do um, consistently uh, as, a, as a young child. Um, and yeah, you could, you do become very conscious, but you don't really make changes initially. Um, it wasn't until I got to about thirteen that I I did make um, changes. Maybe thirteen, fourteen. I was still very overweight here. Hang hung around with friends at school. Thought it was cool to not be like to be naughty, basically, just to misbehave yeah. and get sent out of classes. Rebel. And, yeah, and. You get to a point where you choose your subjects at school. I chose my subjects and I wasn't really getting anywhere. And we actually had this trip to the to Winchester, which is a mm. army training establishment. And we did like a look at life. We went round some stands, looked at what, what the military What age did. was this? How um, old were you? I want to say 14. Wow, so okay. Kind of like year it must have been year 10 at school at that point hmm. um maybe year nine so it was all after you chose your stu- subjects and you were building up to your GCSEs and obviously things become a little bit more important then in your life um depends on how you view it and hmm. I went there and uh, I had no intention of wanting to wanting to join the army at that time like I really enjoyed um like construction, I was obsessed with, with like diggers when I was growing up. Like, point like when we're driving anywhere in my family, I would be a JCB like, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's actually photos of me sat in like diggers. I'm look, I look so happy as a child. Like, um, and so, so was it I, that little, little, little field trip that made you want to join the army? Yeah, I, I went there that day and had conversations with some of the the serving soldiers at that time and said to my friend, I was like, I'm going to join the army. Um, there was reserves there and I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to join the regular. I'm going to, I'm going to sign up. I'm, I want to join the army. And literally from that day on, I turned my life completely around. Um, I woke what up. What age was this? 
So, so is it yeah. that that decision you made to join the army was at fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, wow. but yeah, it's about fourteen. Yeah, I'd say it's coming up to. Yeah, fourteen. It would have been. Um, so, so, our, so looking back, looking back at this now, Daryl, like, do you think you were fully equipped to make that decision at fourteen? I don't know. For for me, that was a big decision. You know, like I'm joining the army fourteen. Like, do you think at fourteen you knew you knew what you wanted to do? Like, um, it's quite young. Yeah, it's, it is young. So I'm guessing at that time I just felt that that was the moment to just. I just felt that that was the thing I wanted to pursue, and instead of talking about, yeah, and I just, I just did it, and and this, that's kind of the way my life has gone from, gone for the rest of it now. But yeah, so from that day, I started waking up early before school, running, um, and then later after school, running, completely changed the way I ate, started to lose weight, literally done everything I could to make sure I'd pass selection for the army, and then a year later, I was still only. I was still only 15, so a year later I went on selection. What, what was the selection <laughs> fitness? Um, it's <laughs> it's changed now. It's changed now. It's changed a lot. But the test then was I had to run a mile and a half. Okay. Um, when you're in, you do press ups and sit ups, but they don't do that. They didn't do that on the selection when I was there. You had to carry two full water jerry cans that weigh 20 kilos. You had to walk them. Um, certain amount of distance depending on what you were joining um, it was 150 meters for me uh, then you do like a static lift so it's just a cable in, in the ground and it just tells you how much you're pulling uh, pull ups um, what else was there and then well, on top you of worked. That, yeah and you on top of that towards these <laughs> yeah and on top of that there was like you had to do team tasks, like command tasks to show, to show your leadership or how you, how you acted under mm. a leader. Um, could you listen? Could you share ideas? Like those type of things. Um, and then you have a final, final interview on top of this, a medical and all that before this happens. But yeah, then you have a final interview and you're told whether you pass or you fail and then that's it. And, wow. you, and I did pass. Um, and you and passed at, at 14 or was this around 15, 16? 15. I, was, I was 15. I was, it was in June um, before my 16th birthday, so which was July. At that time, are you a junior or are you considered part of the army? How does yeah, it work? So Don't you have to be 18 to be? No, no, no. You have to be 18 to go to any active serving okay. country. But um, yeah, so... I was 15 past election. My 16th birthday was July, um, September is when I started training. So hmm. I'd only, only just really left school. I, I'm, very, I'm very young in my year group. Um, and th this is when it got really hard, like to go into training. Uh, hmm. My parents, fortunately, my mum and dad actually come together for that, which was really good. Um, both took me up there. And you just chucked in with loads of other 16 year olds. I think the oldest, the oldest you could be to go there was 17 and one month. So I was right at the beginning of that. Uh, yeah. And where was this? This was at Harrogate. So this was up at Harrogate. the army foundation college in Harrogate. And then 
yeah, started training, got super homesick a lot. Yeah, struggle. Um, uh, like, a, I spent a lot of time on the phone to my parents, to friends, like, in tears, wanting to go home. Um, yeah, I, I feel it's the same now, but a lot of us youths are going to university and feeling homesick, not army, <laughs> you know? I mean, I've, I've got countless friends that quit uni just to go back home because they were feeling homesick. Like, <laughs> what, what, what did you do that, that made you, you know, uh, there's no option of just going back home right now. Like, I can't yeah. allow myself to go down like that. Uh, obviously spoke to family, spoke to friends. They all all uh, quite supportive and that. And actually the training staff, the staff that, like the the people that are already in the in the mm. army so you've got like your section commanders your platoon sergeant um not really platoon commander they don't really they kind of keep themselves to themselves like being officers so <laughs> just that those type of people wake but, up at 5 a.m no they're not they're not even the ones that do all the dirty stuff really <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, so and actually um so i had really good like training staff that were also very supportive i guess they could see my potential better than what i could at that time because mm. of being flooded with all these emotions and thoughts so it kind of kept me on track um and yeah i part went through training very and i was very successful um met some really good friends and still in contact with a lot of them now um yeah yeah and it Went finished training, went to Catterick for phase two, which was only short, um, but I was well prepared for Harrogate. So Catterick, you go just to do your infantry training, and then. So, so how long do you spend at Harrogate as a as a sixteen-year-old? Uh, well, it's, it's a whole year almost. So oh, yeah. start started in September. We passed out in August the next year. And, um, and what just, happened to school? What happened to school while, while all this was going on? Did you did you quit well, school? No. Did you quit? I'd finished school then, so I've came. my my school. I finished school in in July. Um, like as I turned sixteen, school finished then. It's a bit different now. I think you have to stay to stay in education till eighteen. But at that time, you could, you could go and you do so some you do education. Your GCSEs and everything. Yeah, and then and then yeah. that was it. And you you didn't feel like doing your A levels. <laughs> No. no, 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 never that. No, that never really. Um, you actually do some education whilst you're at Harrogate. That's why it's called a college. So you're doing your military training and you're doing some education at the same time, which is, um, which well, it's helped me throughout my life yeah, and yeah. career because I there's some GCSEs I didn't pass, like A to C standard and a lot of jobs now in life do require even at the age I am now they still ask for um a to c and it's well that was 12 years ago like what does what does it even matter now but like, <laughs> for some reason they still need it and i got equivalents whilst i was at um, the army foundation college which is good okay. so after that year went to Catterick, done my 10 10 weeks infantry training you don't have no pass off parade or nothing like that you just yeah okay you're done um infantry is guns isn't it yeah it's like well they call it the simplest way i could describe it is to be the front line um the uh, first people to go in so other than like special forces and stuff like that but mm -hmm. you are just 
you are just uh, if you think so, so of just does, a, does everyone have to do infantry in the army? Um, well, they say that initially, yeah, you're a, you're a soldier first, and then you go and do your trades. Like you might be an engineer, you might be uh, okay. A signaler, you might be artillery. You do all these different kind of roles in the in the in the army, but um, first you have to learn how to just do the basics right, and then okay, but then yeah. you in Catterick you go a little bit more in depth into just focusing on being an infantry soldier. And yeah, after the ten weeks, you just get you meet up with someone called your regimental shepherd, which is like a guy that represents your regiment that you're going to join, and you just you get a date. Yeah, you need to turn up at your unit at this date. So you leave Catterick. Um, you get the tickets that you need for everything, whether it's... Well, for me, I had to fly to Cyprus. So that's my... My unit was in Cyprus. So I was still only 17 at this time. Um, wow. Had all my bag, bags packed, dropped off at RAF Bryce Norton. And yeah, that was the first ever time I've, I've been on a plane as well. Uh, I've Cyprus. Yeah. And then flew to Cyprus. And luckily, I, it wasn't just me on my own. Like, there was loads of other people and a few people that I was in training with that were joining my unit. Okay, so, so, so if, did a few friends of yours get, you know, placed the same uh, in, in Cyprus or were they? Yeah. Yeah, they were placed the same place. Um, okay, that's good. So, that's good, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't just a journey on my own because yeah, even though you've gone through all this training and stuff, it's still a bit, bit of a, well, it's daunting, right? Any change yeah. or any challenge in your life is daunting, especially at that age. Um, well, any age, I'm sh people don't just in general people don't react well to change, and mm. as as much as people say that they do, um, I think they're yeah, just lying to them. They're almost lying to themselves because we are habitual creatures and we do like to have a routine. We do like to have structure of our lives, but, um, yeah. Yeah. So then 100%. That, that was that. And I actually got to a point in Cyprus. It was really good for the first couple of months and it come up to Christmas leave, flew home, flew back after Christmas leave, ended up in a different accommodation because they were being rebuilt and the room had flooded so I walked in, I got the key, I got the key to my new room and there's this fucking mattress on the floor. It was soaking wet. There was water all <laughs> over the floor. And I was just like, fucking hell, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Still, I was still 17 at this point. Um and I've done it like this this it's an old metal bed where there is no it's just like it's not really sprung. You know, like on beds now, there's wooden slates, it's it's metal. Yeah. And a couple of springs on this metal and it wasn't even up properly so it was at an angle um the headboard was up and the base of it was down like the, and I, I really i was just didn't want to be there because it's just finished christmas gone back to a flooded room like emotions are super high phone my mum like i'm i want to come home like this is it i don't i don't want to do this no more slept on this metal bed like bare I just lay the mattress was soaked, so I laid a towel on it to try and take some of the, oh. the well, take the sharp bits of the metal away from stabbing into my back. Lied on this bed, try and sleep. Had the worst sleep ever. The next day, said I want to leave. Um, wrote because I was still under the age of eighteen. I could 
um, <clears throat> something called a DOR, D-A-O-R, which is basically just withdraw from the army at an age. Um, okay. Under but 18. After 18, after 18, you can't withdraw like that? No, you're committed to three years minimum. Okay. Um, but but didn't I'm not you sure. Do I'm not sure how yeah. it is now. So, yeah, I wrote this letter, went to... Um, my OC of my company um, we had this interview and he could and I don't know what it was but I just completely changed my mind it's like no I don't want to leave um, I'm going to stay so I stayed um, and then yeah then my career just just um, rocketed really um, loved the training um, yeah. we finished, finished Cyprus went to London went on my PTI course went on um, a promotion course. Um, got promoted. What's the fourth half PTI? Personal trainer instructor. Physical oh. training instructor. So okay. I was still part of my company at the time. I wasn't working in the gym or anything like that. So I was just, I took the training for my company, which was, um, it's up to like 50, 50 hmm. people you do the training for. And then um, it's so what what made that decision to become a PTI? Because a PTI is fitness related. Mm -hmm. So during your time in the army, you were running, you were, you kept running, you kept doing physical activity, but when did you make that transition to become a coach, you know, in the military? Um, well, I've really enjoyed the, the fitness and I'll note, I just noticed I guess I've become very observant being in the military and I just noticed that if I was fit, strong and I knew I would get places. Hmm. I, I, I knew it was a massive, it's a, a very strong um, attribute to have whilst in the military. And then from there, yeah. I never I never went in the army to want to be a PTI. There's some people that do. Um, I just, I guess I just enjoyed it that much and worked on alongside some of the other company PTIs and then just decided actually I want to do it. It wasn't so much coaching though. Um, it's totally, it's just, you're just taking a group of people out for a run um, and you'll take them for a circuit based session or, or a loaded March. It wasn't really so much coaching. It was just right. We're going to do this and let's go. Instructor. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah you're just you're just in yeah literally you are just an instructor you're not you're not coaching anyone's ability you're not um okay. personalizing yeah, or anything no 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 you'd have conversations with people obviously like you need to get but if we talk about the army it's like yeah you just need to get a grip you need to get fitter you need to get out and do some stuff in your own time wow. it wasn't like there was no clear um clear instructions and on what okay. actually they need to do. Um, yeah. So, so then, then you ca you came back to London. You got your PTI course, and then what happened? Um, I actually started working in the gym in London. Mm. So I was I went to support the support company, and I was working in the gym for the unit. I did a few Queen's Guards, so standing in front of Buckingham Palace and all that. It was quite good. Um, wow. <laughs> and, I bet people have you in a picture. <laughs> Yeah, probably they do, mate. Yeah, um, that was good fun. Uh, over over time, though, novelty wears off a little bit. Standing there for hours, um, 
but yeah, then I went on to my <clears throat> promotion course whilst I was in London, which was in Brecon. Um, got promoted. That's when I stayed in the gym from then onwards. Um, got promoted again. And other things happened in my life, um, right, relationships. And the unit was actually going back to Cyprus after... I think it was four years in London. I was like, I don't really want to go back to Cyprus. Um, I'm going did, to try and get... Did you go to Africa? Yeah, yeah, I went to, yeah, went to Kenya. We did a Kenya, massive yeah. exercise in Kenya. Um, okay. That was great fun. Um, and so, then, so four years in London, then Cyprus. How, how old were you then? Like 20? <clears throat> um, yeah, 22, 23, I think it was that we moved back to Cyprus. Um, mm. I did, I didn't go back to Cyprus. I stayed and I went back, I went back to Harrogate as an instructor. Okay. And wow. yeah, <laughs> so I was, started. In, yeah, yeah. And then I, but the reason I went back was to try and transfer to the, I wanted to transfer to the PT Corps, which is mm. the army's physical um, training corps. So, you just your role is literally fitness forever like you manage the gyms you manage and I I had a lot I had very conflicting thoughts about this because some of the people I met that were in that um I'll say regiment uh were were not um the typical people that I would like to be associated with or be kind of come under the same brushes them um so okay. i was over yeah i was like do i do it do i not um and then there's just a lot of hoops to jump through to try and go to the selection to do it and it's like well you've got to go do this um i had everything i needed to go but oh you've only just turned up at this post in harrogate you've got to do at least a, a year to to 16 months here um mm. and then we'll put and then we'll consider putting you on and the reason is being because they'd end up losing a man. If I went to selection pass and then I started the actual, um, the course to transfer, they would lose a man. And it's, and that's, that's the very sad thing about the army. It always comes down to numbers and, and it can, it can halt a lot of people in their career, which, um, wow. and I was just like, well, I want to go now. If you're not going to send me, then I ain't going to go at all. Um, so is that where you quit? Uh, not so much just that, just the way things were changing in the military. Um, okay. It was. So, it so become, that's the moment you you said I'm gonna go. I'm gonna quit and you know quit um, the army. Yeah. Well, I wasn't. A, I'd, it wasn't a moment I decided to quit, but there was a lot of questioning. Like, do I actually want to do this? Where am I going to go? Do I go back to my unit? Do I want to transfer to something else? Um what's going to happen and then mm. yeah about it must have been I've been to I've been at Harrogate's over a year still weren't going to send me um and yeah I was like well maybe I'm not enjoying this as much as I thought it's just becoming too difficult to get anywhere um, yeah I met you while this phase yeah. is going on uh, you can you can talk to people and give people ideas or solutions as much as you want whilst in the army, but <laughs> they just don't want to listen. Um, okay. And yeah, so I was like, well, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go and you actually have to give twelve months notice, which is also fucking scary. Twelve <laughs> yeah. months. Yeah, you have to give a whole year notice. Well, you did when I was in anyway. Yeah, you give a whole year before you can. Even actually if you've leave. done three years, even if you've done your three years, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So three years, it ends up turning four because you then give your twelve. You give wow. your. So you sign off. They call it. You call you, you sign off, but you have to give twelve months. So a whole year before you can actually be discharged, and I and I I can only see that this is probably why a lot of veterans will struggle when they do leave the army because how how are you ever going to get another job like it is but it is it's fucking hard right no one you no one you ever applied for a job for you're gonna it's gonna be like yeah we'll wait a whole year for you unless you're unless you're already established with this person or or this company that you're you're going to go work for or, or whether it's a friend like they're not going to wait for you for 12 months and even then like anything can happen within that period so yeah. you go through all this 12 months of doing courses to try and yeah you do courses yeah to try and potentially get a job and then there are then you probably won't even get the job because people will see, oh, you've only just done this course. Like you, you've got no experience. So you need to go oh. and find experience, but how are you going to find the experience? Because you haven't had time to do the experience. Um, and then it comes to the day that you leave and you're like, well, where do I go now? And, and so, I mean, you, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I remember this so vividly. You, you, you came into the gym one day and you're like, okay, I've, I'm quitting the army. I've got a few more months left and I've just bought a new BMW. <laughs> I remember it so clearly. That was a hard time in your life, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, those, you know, so well, just, just talk to me through those, you know, six, seven months until you got that internship at a, a strength and conditioning facility. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll just rewind a little bit, like the year yeah. leading up to leaving the army. Um I actually bought a house. <laughs> I I got married. Um and life was changing. Um yeah, I got a new car. I don't, I don't know. Mm. But I really don't know what was coming what was going through my head. And then obviously I left the <laughs> left the army with no career or job. I went and done a course to become an electrician. I actually really enjoyed it, like really enjoyed it. And I was, I could be, I would come out a qualified domestic electrician. So that's just in people's homes um, mm. where I could do that. Still, it was extremely hard to find a job. I was phoning around companies like other self-employed electricians saying, look, can I just come and come and get some experience? They weren't really interested. Um, I, I, I didn't even want pay, but it would have been like, oh, even like on my run up to leaving the army, I'll just come for a weekend, just watch over you, shadow you, just get some experience whilst doing this course at the same time. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, and then it come to my day where I left. I actually left on the 7th of December, but my official last day wasn't until January mm. um, because I had some leave saved up. So left and I went to the CrossFit gym Obviously, I was qualified um, PT at that point, and I wanted a coach. Um, so I attempted to 
go self-employed as a PT, but didn't work out very well. I ended up, I didn't, I have no, no fucking so, idea uh, yeah. what was I, what I was doing with business, with <laughs> getting clients. I knew how to coach people. I knew how to train. Like over the years of being a PT, I actually did some self-development. So it was, um, and yeah, a lot of people don't see this, you know, it's like coaching no. is an art, <clears throat> but that's like one piece of the puzzle. You've got so many other things yeah. you have to think about. Social media, getting people, keeping them, website, all these things. It's just... Yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard. Like I try and put up things on social media and yeah, I wasn't that great at it. And yeah, so I was like, well, I've got all this money saved up. Obviously, I've got a house, got a car, had a wife at that time. And... I I was like, right, I'm just going to, I'm going to try and become a full-time athlete. I'm going to try and become professional. <laughs> and if I get any clients, uh, that's just a little bit of supplement. And yeah, I started coaching at the box, just the classes so I could get a key. Could go in whenever I wanted. I was training two, three times a day sometimes. I was like, oh, I want to make it to... I want to make it to regionals, CrossFit regionals. Then I might pick up a sponsor and then I might get somewhere. I had all these brilliant ideas. Yeah, did the... <laughs> <laughs> during, during this period, I actually... There was a job going at a strength conditioning gym in Portsmouth. I went for the interview. Unfortunately, that was my first ever interview ever. That's a, this is another thing. Like when you join the army at such a young age, you never, you do, do not practice interviews. You have no idea mm. on how, how to approach that. That was that was super scary, believe it or not. Um, uh, went for this interview, didn't get the position, but um, actually got a phone call saying, um, come in, and still do come and train, train in here if you want. I was training in there a little bit. Or this, at the same time, doing the Open, I wasn't successful at the getting to regionals, but it wasn't even my best year in CrossFit at all. Um, yeah. Maybe because of everything else that was going on in my life. Yeah, so went in and trained at this S, uh, strength and conditioning gym or training gym, and they actually said to me, I had a competition in Athens at the time, which was in April, Um they was like, yeah, come back to us after that and we'll see what we can do. Went to this competition in, Af in Athens um, and I remember sitting at the marina after the competition, not getting, as, not doing as well as I wanted to do um, and I just broke down. Like it was, uh, it got very emotional. I didn't, um, I was like, well, what am I doing now? I've spent all my money trying to become an athlete that I haven't become. Um, <clears throat> I, I've got a, I had a wife at the time, had a house, had a car, all of these things that needed to be supported and paid for. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to do it. Um, and I actually messaged the owner of the gym. I was like, can, can we do something? Um, I was like, yeah, come in after when you get back from Athens. So I, I went in after I got back. Um, I had to do a month of like shadowing and getting to know people. And then I was actually employed, luckily enough, by this gym. Um, 
you became the face um, of the gym to be honest <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah and that, that kind of at that time it very it it's what it's what I needed and suited me whilst I was there I did learn a lot of things a lot of right things to do a lot of wrong thing a lot of things you shouldn't do um during that time me and you really didn't we kind of like disconnected a little bit because yeah. I wasn't at the box. You were still at the box and this gym was in a different location. So you couldn't make it there. Um, and eventually then we reconnected and you become, you actually got a mentorship at this place. At yeah. This yeah. That, that was a, that was a good part. Good, good. I mean, a good uh, experience for myself, but, but if we, so, so, did you feel you were you got a little lucky with you know a few things after your army? I know there was hardships, but don't don't you feel like there were hardships, but there were also there was something looking out for you? You know, there was you had some yeah. luck in some areas. Um, I don't I I, I don't uh, I really don't like the word luck. Like mm. I, I think you I, I feel that you make your own luck, right? I think. I left the army. I saw this. I saw the interview for this gym. If I didn't go for that, if I didn't make the choice to go to that interview, yeah. nothing, nothing would have happened. Um, like I, the job didn't just fall into my lap. I actually had to go there. I had to try and sell myself and what I had done and to get that place. Um, mm. he, after the interview. Uh, in the feedback after uh, a week or so later, he did say when another, when a position becomes available, I will give it to you. When this was going to be, I do not know. Um, And that was, that was the most thing. Fortunately, that position did come up post Athens when I was really not down. Yeah. Yeah. I was really down. I didn't have the, I didn't have no money. I didn't have like, it was just like, I was literally scraping, Scraping my ass. Yeah. To try and... So 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 while you were really struggling all this while, um, how was your you know wife at that time, um, supporting how, how because I, I do feel like a lot of people do want to hear you know how how do because I I'm I'm quite young I don't really have that person but did, were they there to support you did you feel you were supported and those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, I was, de- I was definitely supported. Um, I mean, mm. by my side, obviously. Um, fit, uh, during once I'd left the army, though, the relationship the, re- the relationship did become very different. Um, why, why was that? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because we. Oh uh, yeah, I really don't know. Different different times in our lives. Um, different points and mm. yeah and it, it, uh, unfortunately very sad time the relationship um actually come to an end and yeah we separated you, you were in the army for five days in a week and you met your wife twice out of those five days yeah yeah so during yeah. during my whole time in the army it was and i look back and maybe that was that could have been a reason like five days of the week I was away mm-hmm. two days of the week. Had I was on a very good wage, so you come home and it's like you can do anything you want. Um, and then you go on leave and you go on holidays and you and it's all this. All, it's all 
it's all really good but then oh yeah but then you you leave leave the military and you you end up in each other's company majority of the time and things change people change and yeah just just a part in life it was no one's fault it was um you you just just do end up drifting mm-hmm. apart and maybe and yeah that was um yeah so that yeah. comes to an end um yeah so so after the military did you did you find like-minded people were you struggling to find like-minded people because obviously in the military you had friends and then you came out and then you didn't really have many friends in Portsmouth you know in in that area so um well it's quite it was obviously i knew you from the military already so mm. whilst i was in the military so we're still you you uh we had a few others that would train with us together like you were the my that that was my circle of people um i lost a lot of touch with friends before i that i had before i went into the army um they just fizzled out over the time and to be honest mm. um it it's for some it's probably a good a good thing because where they are at now and what they're doing now I wouldn't I'm not I don't have that mind I don't have that yeah it's, it's just not not what I want to be surrounded by um mm-hmm. uh, I want to be surrounded by people that understand me and get and like yeah just understand me and want to want to support yeah. me for what I do and um want to support my decisions in anything I do I don't want yeah yeah so and, um, and in the strength and in the strength and conditioning facility um did you feel you were understood did you, i mean it must have been a great experience you know meeting new people members from all walks of life you know just talking to people training different people and then having your coaching family there like how, how was it how, how long did you work there um i worked there for two years uh, yeah, so how years. was those two years did you learn um, a lot did you build relationships yeah um yeah built relationships there definitely um met met some other good coaches um i'm not i'm not too sure you were listened to or i didn't sometimes i didn't feel like i was listened to as much on ideas um um all, all of us were ex-forces that could have been the reason um, I noticed yeah. in the in, in the forces, people don't want to listen to you. Um, and so when you leave, and you you're around the same people, they almost don't want to listen. Um, mm. uh, I understand, like uh, they had a business, they wanted to take it a certain direction. And if you're not going to be supportive of that, or well, I'm not saying I wasn't supportive of it. I very much was, but um, I also wanted to pr- practice my own craft of coaching. Um, and yeah. sometimes, sometimes you didn't get that ability. Um, whether they understood me as a person, nah, I don't think so at all. Uh, okay. So, so you took a decision two years later. You're like, okay, I think I need to go out by myself. You know, build my brand, take people on. You know, one on one. Like, how did all that come about? How do you, how did you feel? about taking that leap um was uh, it hard yeah it was extremely hard mate um 
obviously because of the experience I had when leaving the army, like that was always, that would obviously ring true to me. Like, oh, am I going to fail? Am I going to be successful? Oh, this, this, this. And me and another coach, um, we've become really good friends and mm. we would actually discuss this a lot, a lot, of, uh, long before we actually both did decide to leave. Um, and yeah, so we had, we would chat and we'd be like, oh, and he actually found a job, not even in, not, not into coaching. Um, he, he completely changed his career path and he left. You were still there. So um, I'm not saying I didn't like, like I, I got along with everyone that was there. I didn't dislike anyone. So mm. the way you were still there um, doing your thing. And we had to, we had to cover a lot of hours from the other guy that had just left. Like there was a lot of changes going on mm. and yeah, I, and I was I, I was a student. I mean, I yeah. I had other priorities, you know. Yeah. But um, and then you left, or or <laughs> or did or did you leave before? Uh, who was the first? Uh, yeah, no, I left afterwards. Yeah. So you then you left, and it was all a bit. It, I I did I didn't like. The atmosphere that was created from that um that was kind of the final straw for me um i didn't like how it left you and it was almost like you were deleted <laughs> and literally <laughs> like like a name that wouldn't be mentioned it was like we can't mention that name in here um yeah and it, it felt different when the coach before you left, like that was good for, that we were good friends with. Like, yeah, they he, they were, they they got a respected send off. Whereas, like, it was like ah, oh, you he got leaving gifts. Um, everyone would say bye, um, and yeah, it was it was yeah, it was a respected leave. You were just <laughs> okay. Don't turn up. Boom, gone. Nobody knew, not not one, not yeah. other, and I mean, you were a, you were a very liked person in that gym by all the clients. But the hardest thing was not that I didn't need to show up next day. It was knowing that I couldn't say bye to every single person I knew there. That was the hardest thing, you know. I don't have any hard feelings, but it was you built so many relationships and a click or a finger, yeah, you can't ever talk to them again. And like, I got so many messages after that. And I was just like, I can't do anything. I'm sorry. And I was just like a 19, 20 year old. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember that. And it was pretty. Um, and I was kind hard, of yeah. disgusted by it, to be honest. And I think a lot, a lot of people were inside. And then I was, um, and then I was like, right, I'm just going to try it on my own. I'm going to go. I'm going to leave too. Uh, I think like uh, it wasn't too long after that that happened. I was like, um, and yeah. The birth of DG coaching. Uh, yeah, and I... Um, so you took the leap. You're like, okay, I'm going full yeah, speed yeah, so ahead. 
I think it was in March. I was like, had a had a conversation with the owner. I was like, look, I'm gonna put my notice in. Um, I want to give this a go on my own. Hmm. Um, I obviously I learned a lot of business stuff from them. Like, don't get me wrong, I learned a lot about how to conduct yourself as a as a coach on the on the business side of it. Um, and as I've gone on to develop and learn a lot more stuff about actual coaching, like like when it comes to the craft of coaching movement, um, yeah. I've, I've, got, I've learned a lot more than what I did whilst I was there. Um, mm. and, and I think that's just because of the variety I'm putting, opening myself up to um, mm. on, a, on a personal level and also the people that I coach as well. Um, and so yeah, I, I made that leap, put my notice in. I actually had another composition, Athens again. <laughs> um, flew out to Athens during during the time I was out there, kind of like, yeah, I was developing my own coaching uh, name, uh, DG Coaching, it's called. And come back, I only had like two weeks left after that almost a similar similar leave to like yours mm. yeah but yeah people knew I was leaving but they didn't actually know when and I remember finishing my last day as a training session lunchtime training session like we always used to do had a couple of leaving gifts and it was like bye boom left um and that was that uh mm. it, and just from what I've heard, kind of like what's the same with you? Like you can't speak about me. Um, yeah. Like so. So right. this changed. You, obviously, at, at first it was hard, and it was a lot of uncertainty. Were you like? But now, when you think of it, it's like that was the right decision. Like, it, like when if you need to advise, give advice to someone, what would you say? You know, take the leap or you know reflect think and all these things because i think just take the leap because you're never going to know if it's wrong or right you know and that's what i said yeah. to you also <laughs> yeah i think um taking a leap like regardless of how much reflection you do it's still going to be a leap like it's still going to be the uncertainty still going to be there you can prepare as yeah as much or as little as you want. And it doesn't matter whether you're preparing the most you can, like it may still not work out. Like mm. whatever you do may still not work out. Um, but then that's when you just think about another way to, to approach it or, or you do end up just trying something totally new. It's just, that's, you, you just got, I want you just got to be kind of adaptable on the fly. And if it doesn't mm. work, it, or and or at the same time, you seek advice from others that have done the same or similar thing. Um, yeah. Are, are we just talking on a coaching level, or just in general with life, like taking a leap, or? I just... think in life, just general, yeah. Because I know coaching-wise, <clears throat> you were, you had confidence in your ability to do that skill. You know, meet people. You 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 knew you were confident. So on on. I feel when you made that decision, you knew what coaching wise you were ready 
but it yeah. was more like life-wise where you so that's why i think leap is more geared towards life because i think we all have skills and we need to yeah. just be confident i don't think i don't think you're ever ready there is never a moment in life when you're ready enough so whether you do it now whether you do it in a year's time potentially you've just wasted a year waiting for that moment to happen um Ooh. so you just you, yeah you never know when's right like i said that we're just naturally we're people that love structure we, we love our habits yeah. we don't like change like that's just as human beings i don't think we like change and the more we start talking about uh, taking a certain leap or a t certain thing, the more you end up talking yourself out of it. Um, yeah, that, that mind. <clears throat> yeah, you just you just go round and round in your mind, and naturally we're we're drawn to negatives, and you'll just think about all the reasons why you shouldn't do it, or why you're not there yet, um, or why you're not ready. Uh, I, we're never ready. Hundred um, percent. And t t talking about, you know things you've done earlier this year you did a 24-hour road didn't you yeah. yeah yeah so i know this is out of the blue but you know it, it it it's something i really want to talk to you about it's why did you do it and what was it for i know you did it for mental health but why did you do it for mental health what's the reason what did army play a role in that um um yeah, that kind of come out of nowhere. That I was not ready to do yeah. a twenty-four hour row. Seven seven days before I wanted to do it is when I <laughs> put it out there and decided I'm going to do this for this charity during lockdown. The first lockdown we had in the UK. I guess why I did it. Um, I think since leaving the army and going through everything that I went through, like separation of marriage, um, uncertainty of jobs, life. Uh, and then leaving another leaving another job to try and start on my own, which becomes a lot of pressure. And I don't, what I thought that this place was well established, the place I was leaving was well established in the fitness industry. And then you get, there was just a lot of bad stuff said about me. And I don't know, it just builds like anxiety and, and, almost the thought of actually I'm I'm not going to be good enough for this obviously going going through life marriage that failed um <clears throat> did you, leaving this did did your friends from the army feel the same way when yeah, they came yeah. out yeah a lot of friends a lot of my friends and they, they still do now like it's it's the it's the challenge to kind of fit into society I think there is mm. As a whole, it's very different um, uh, from for myself because I was so young when I joined the army. Like that's all I knew. I yeah. I spent a lot of time with people that laughed at the same things, acted the same way. Um, just we lived our lives together. We were literally like cardboard cutouts of one another. Like that, it was like our own little. Um, society if you know what i mean like we, we were literally on our own little planet like it was just us we and and this society did you guys speak about if you were struggling well whilst in the whilst in there 
I mean, in whilst. the army, did yeah, I'm, not whilst in there, but were you guys open to showing emotion or were you like what all men are supposed to think they should be, which is I'm strong. I don't show emotions. Like what was, because I feel. Yeah, what was, whilst I was in the army, nah, you don't, nah. no emotion, no emotion. You just get on and do it. Um, it's almost, it was almost like frowned upon to, to be scared or to be worried about anything like I mean you're told what to do you just have to get on and do it and you yeah and potentially if you don't someone could get hurt right um yeah and yeah it's just you're weak if you if you if you can't <laughs> do something or you, you get upset you're fucking weak. Like, um, so when man you came into up. reality, <laughs> when you came into reality <laughs> and you saw this new world, you know, a new way of looking, did you change with it, or do you still feel like if you show emotion, you're weak, or are you more open to showing emotion, showing your weaknesses, or crying, um, or you know? I probably am now, definitely. But I mean, it's nearly been four years since I left the left the so army. What was so. the process? What was the process? Of... What to get to where I am now? Uh, yeah, emotionally. And... I, I guess when first leaving, it was I still kind of lived that. Um, I'm a man. I've no weaknesses. I'm the provider, and. It's, it's very different now. Mm. Um, like, because that's how we were. That's how you felt in the army. Like, you're the man, you've got to do everything. Um, yeah. And I've gone through a lot of processes. Um, like, all my, like, my own little journey on this. Like, I've had counselling, therapy, and worked very closely with that. We've and I, I still do it. I still have it now. Um, not a lot of many people know that. Um, yeah. Only, only a does it help you? Obviously, now there's going to be a lot of people that do know it. But yeah, um, yeah, that definitely does. Definitely does help me. Um, and <clears throat> I, it's almost I'm when you when you first like during the army and throughout the first years of leaving the army you kind of, you don't know what emotions really are. It's, it's, it's a strange feeling like you don't know because you've almost, you've put them at the back of your head and you don't, I would say you don't observe your thoughts, you don't observe the feelings that you're having. You're not aware of what's actually even going on. You just, it's just shoved right at the back when actually it's having a massive effect on you just mm. the way the way you're acting because you're you become so good at suffering i want to say good at suffering um and this i guess this is why i'm i do so well at training and exercise and fitness because i'm so good at suffering i'm also so good at suffering emotionally um and when when i say that i mean like 
if I'm feeling something or I'm feeling upset or I feel actually I don't really want to do that, but because I'm a man, yeah, I've got to do it. Mm. I I put that feeling for myself as in, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I'm like, but I put, I put that to the back of my mind and in my mind that's still going on. But I'm like, but the front of my mind, I'm saying, no, I've got to do it because I've got to do it for this person or I've yeah. got to do it because I'm, I'm masculine. Uh, it's my job to do it. Um, when deep down, it's like, actually, I'm not really enjoying this right now. I'm not, I'm not, what I'm doing isn't really for me. I'm doing it for somebody else or, um, and you yeah. do you over and you just, you just become good at suffering emotionally. Um, as, and I think that's probably why I've, I do so, push myself when it comes to the training and stuff as well. So for all your, all the listeners listening, um, what, what would help them if, they feel like they just feel they, they, they can't confront those emotions. What can a person do about it? Because I know you went through this process. You need to confront your emotions. You can't just put it at the back every single day. It's going to catch up to you, essentially. Yeah. Um, well, I initially just talking to people started to help, um, hmm. whether that be friends, family, like I spoke to you a lot during during some of the toughest times of my life. Um, and then I actually started to write things down. Like it's, this was a real game changer for me, writing things down. Um, I'd call it journaling, right? But actually writing down what you're feeling and seeing it is very much, mm. it, it can just change that, change a, um, a view on it a little bit and ask yourself why. It gives you the, well, it gives you the opportunity to see it there on paper and ask yourself why instead of trying to trying to go through it in your mind only is it's it's a very different it gives you a very different picture on on that thing um, and then talking to some talking to someone talking to like a, I want to say a stranger like a counselor or a therapist is a stranger and they take you for who you are at that time. Um, it's very different. It, it can become a little bit different to speak to people that you know because they obviously knew you for the person you were before this happened, or or maybe they didn't really know you because they didn't see this happening. Or yeah, yeah. Um, whereas you talk to someone that's I want to say unbiased that doesn't have a view on anything apart from what you're talking to them about at that time has has really helped me um and i've worked closely i've worked i've i've Amazing. seen a few uh, they they kind of become mentors and almost um emotional mentors uh it on how like you can, i can do all the physical stuff in the world but when it comes to emotions to try and actually train them and and over time i get like I have become this year, this past 12 months has been massive changing in the way I'm thinking, yeah. feeling, and don't get me wrong. I'm really trying to work on it still. Um, yeah. We all or, struggle, man. Or every time. Yeah. It's... And, and I know it, I do notice when I do, or when it, when I feel like I am, um, it's easy to do the, do all the work on yourself when you're, when your back's up against the wall, when you're really and you're feeling like absolute shit, but 
it becomes and and then when you, and then you feel good and then you kind of stop it and you're like yeah I'm okay um and that's kind of the point I am at now like I, I've I haven't done as much as I should be doing uh, I still have yeah. to talk to someone but I mean the stuff I do myself and yeah so just just trying to be aware of like it's it's a permanent thing that you have to keep working on um I think just life in general you never know you're never in a position where you think you figured it all out so don't stop um yeah and, and we- it's I just completely understand I completely understand it's it's quite hard man I mean everything like I think fitness is so big in our lives that it does help us navigate these moments, but it it does get overwhelming very, very often in life, especially right now because of COVID. Yeah. Um, it, it does. And I think you've got to try and break it down very into, like, into small chunks and almost, almost work backwards. I can only get overwhelming because of the way you're thinking about things and that you're thinking so far reaction. on what's going to happen next or just um, instead of like just taking it as it comes and if and not treating anything as a failure but treating it as like a lesson on uh, a lesson on life and I think even at the end of your lifetime you're still not going to have worked it all out anyway so um just do, you, just do your best at the time <clears throat> and yeah maybe that's why we do that's that's why fitness is so big in our lives and because it's probably the only time that we're actually in that moment sometimes <laughs> sometimes like it's really hard to be in the i want to say present in the now yeah the now. yeah it's yeah. it's really really difficult to but when we're training we are um mm because of all the feelings like physical feelings that you have at the time it can almost be a distraction from any of those overwhelming thoughts um like at the moment i've been going in the sea twice a week um <laughs> like no wetsuit nothing like that just just getting in and being in cold water for cold water um yeah uh, people have a lot of views in cold water but and just i just i just feel like really in the moment at that time um Mm. and and maybe it's not so good because it is only a distraction i don't know um only time will tell only as you go through life will tell that's Um, another deep down dive daryl yeah yeah like uh, yeah um yeah but thank you for uh, sharing man that's good so back onto that right that's why i did the 24-hour row um it was for Mm. charity to let people know that there is help out there. There is ways to um, to go about some certain things that you may think or feel, and uh, and obviously help like raising awareness. On yeah, yeah. It was topic. mainly more to raise raise awareness. Like people probably see me um, in the gym, in the stuff that I do in my life, and and not, and think that I'm really strong. And and they would never have thought the stuff I've just said, but uh, yeah. And I guess that can go with a lot of people because a lot of people will hide it very well, um, or yeah. just not be ready to tell anyone, and that's fine too. But you just 
you just just know that there's ways that you can seek help or or help yourself yeah amazing thank you daryl um i've got a few quick fire round questions for you okay so it's a thing where i've created where i just want to ask a few questions to you it just you know takes you by surprise (laughs) um so yeah so what one of the main questions i had was you know what what have the what have been the best resources that have helped you along the way um in this journey um as in what i've what i've done or with the army with coaching or just in general just in life at all in in life i think just generic not job profession nothing just what what traits or what have you cultivated since a young age and just growing up like what has helped you you know um the biggest the biggest help for me has definitely been questioning <laughs> for like whether that's me questioning what i'm doing what someone else is doing just just to really dig deep into actually understanding why i'm doing something obviously that's just on a personal level other resources that have helped me along the way are definitely my friends and family um yeah and external sources like the therapy the counseling that i've had um Mm. and personal experiences i mean taking those leaps uh whether it's success or whether it's failure as people might call it like they're all a step towards you gaining more understanding on how to move forward and how Mm. to how to live and how to react like it's not it's yeah it's not it's not like like you've sometimes you've just got to figure it out on yourself like on your own you've got to take that leap you've got to learn and you've got to then use that that lesson that you had at that moment as a resource and the more you put yourself through these uncomfortable situations these challenging times uh the bits where you're really unsure on what you're going to do are the times where yeah um, you gain these resources you gain this experience in in the challenging things that you will then come across later on the way yeah yeah all these yeah. all these experiences are like are cashing paychecks into your bank account and then yeah. when you you come into a moment where you need to cash that out you can, you know, those experiences are going to be there. I, I yeah. kind of look at my brain like a bank account where all these conversations I'm having, all these experiences I'm having, I'm kind of taking everything in. And then in the future, when, you know, there's some conversations or some struggles or anything, some ambitions arise, I can just boop, boop, debit and just use it. Yeah, it's almost like like a book, right? It's like a book and each one is a, a chapter or a page that you can you can then look back on and be like, actually, I've done this this time and it didn't yes. work. So, boom, this time I'm going to try this. So you're almost creating your own book, book of life. Perfect. Perfect. Amazing. Uh, so the next one, um, what advice would you give someone wanting to become a coach similar to you, you know, a similar career path? One uh, advice. 
One. The one, just one. A coach one or, or the army? Coach. It's hard one. <laughs> I guess I, 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 this is kind of just in general in life, I think. Whatever it is that you do, someone is always going to try and discredit it or hate on you or, or dislike oh. what you're doing. So if, uh, uh, like, as a coach, you're on your own, like, um, which then which can become really hard if if you're if you're seeing that people are discrediting what you're doing. Um, and if I'm honest, the fitness industry is probably one of the bitchiest industries I've ever known. Um, it's almost like it's almost like everyone out there is trying to call out this person, that person, instead of actually helping one another. Um, yeah. So I, I want to say just stay on your path. And if, if someone is call, trying to call you out, ask them why. Um, I mean, and yeah, it's, because, it's essentially, because, yeah, yeah, continue. They, they, might, they might just be calling you out just because you're doing better than them. And it's almost like a bit mm. of jealousy instead of actually you're doing something wrong. So ask them why, if they can give you a general... Um, or a really good a bit of rationale on why you're doing something wrong, but then they might not even know why you're doing it. So this is why you get yeah. you should get into these conversations before trying to slate someone else's business or personal life. It's really Very it's, true, it's, yeah. one of, it's one of the things that I really hate. Like people could go around looking at me with this ginger moustache on my face <laughs> and be like, oh, "Look at that fucking idiot with his ginger moustache." But. Uh... I'm actually really enjoying this on my face at the moment. So yeah. it's going to stay. Um, I mean, regardless what you do in life, I mean, people are going to hate, people are going to judge, you know, but that shouldn't stop you. You know, you should just do what you want to do essentially, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, I guess with coaching, obviously you can actually ruin people's lives. <laughs> that's, mm -hmm. that's when it has to, um, that's when it has to, yeah, maybe someone needs to say something or but yeah. not in an aggressive malicious manner to try and destroy them as a as a coach like try and teach them try and actually educate this person to become a better coach if you're gonna um but yeah people i don't destroyed but, but yeah people don't do that so just be aware of that um mm. yeah and just keep learning along the way just whether that's with coaching, whether that's with life. Some people are going to hate you. Some people are going to love you. That's just how it is. Yeah. Literally, like what we're talking about, like like when when we used to work at the strength and conditioning facility, they just cut me off straight away. And it kind of ruined coaching for me a bit. You know, I've not coached since. Like, imagine. <laughs> um, and I'm getting back into my groove 18 months later. But, you know, it's it's quite a while like it's it, it you could literally just you know kill someone's ambitions vision or just goals by just doing yeah. something malicious or bad you know um yeah. but thank you for that daryl um last question this is a good one you know you've got to think about it if you could step into my shoes right now what question would you ask yourself and then answer it, obviously. That <laughs> um, you didn't ask. What's next? 
And if there is something, why? Ooh. That. Um, Go ahead, answer it. <laughs> what's next? What is next? I, I guess the. I guess really, I have nothing. Nothing like planned for me on a career level. Like I'm going to continue. In fact, yes, I do. You know about it. Um, so, uh, actually, for people that don't know, I've applied for Fire Brigade. Um, mm. Going through selection at the moment, um, past everything, got the final interview coming up. So, that's what's next for me. Um, I am gonna, I am gonna maintain coaching along the side of that. So, um, amazing. But I've all, I've all. Why? I'll tell you why. Um, I've almost got to the point with coaching where I'm I'm happy with the the amount of people I'm coaching with I don't I don't want to be coaching hundreds of thousands of people like that's not I want to have I want to be able to oh yeah I wanted to be able to give the best quality to the people I do have um, and it and this is kind of my justification of why I don't put so much on social media, like market wise and stuff like that, because I'm really focusing on what I'm doing with the people I'm doing. I've seen it far too much in places I've worked and all over social media that people put so much out there um, to try and make themselves look good. Um, mm. That they actually lose track of actually what they're, what, what, and, what paying people are getting and the service mm -hmm. that you're providing, providing to them. They're more worried about trying to get other people and it kind of then becomes just a factory will. Um, whereas I've had a group of group of clients that have, stepped, that I'll have, a, that have been with me for two years yeah. since the day I started and I can only put it down. So maybe that's why. Um, and yeah, there'll be a time and place where I will obviously gain more clients along the way. Um, but I'm almost not looking for it um, mm -hmm. in, in a way. Uh, yeah. And I don't want to say that I'm comfortable and I just don't, I'm just going to sit here on these, obviously at, at a time when I need to do it, I will do it. But right now I'm happy. Um, fire service is something I've always wanted to do. Very challenging to get in though. Um, and hopefully I'm successful and I'm quite looking forward to being involved in a team again, like, yeah. like that, having that military, um, almost that military style companionship. team. Companionship, that companionship, yeah. you know, a yeah. family community. Ah, uh, yeah, fully agree with you. It's, it's something we all should, you know, strive for having that community, it's that's fulfillment, man. Humans, human interaction. Yeah. That's that's fulfillment. If you don't have that, it's not worth living. I think. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like me, to, I'll I'll go back to the start when we were talking about taking the leap. Like, part of me is still questioning. Like, is <laughs> do I want to be a fireman? Mm. Like, I'm really, in, I'm absolutely, really loving coaching. Um, at the moment, do I want to continue that and continue growing that? Of course, I'll still continue and grow it whilst I'm in the fire brigade, maybe just not at such a rapid rate. Um, so, yeah, I still question all of these, but 
I'll never know unless I try. And I'll go into yeah. this interview like I really want to have the job. And you will never I, know unless you try. No, nah, and I mean, the training doesn't even start until spring next year. So I have, have a long period of time that anything can happen. Um, but you can, you can almost put things in place ready. And then if you change yeah. your mind at that time and you change your mind, fine. Um, but perfect. You, you've got these moments ready and these almost, I want to say stages in place. If, if, and when you come to them, you can take them and take the opportunity mm -hmm. or, or something else might crop up in between that. But, you've always got something ready amazing thank you daryl um where can our listeners connect with you you know um online, social media yeah social media um is probably the best place really um in my instagram daryl underscore underscore green underscore is my personal one and dg coaching is my kind of business page um it's not it's not very active i'll put most of my stuff actually on my personal <laughs> page um i, I should really think about i should really think about merging the two but um yeah i'm more active on instagram than i am facebook i don't facebook really drives me up up the wall if i'm honest um <laughs> perfect yeah um, um yeah or check out my website everything's on there you can just find the links through instagram really so Perfect. Cool, man. I mean, thank you, Daryl, for your time, for your patience, for sharing your story. Um, it's quite inspirational. I hope, you know, people watching from the military or coaches or future, you know, people that just want to learn about life can really take something out of this. It's, it's very important. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Thanks, mate. Have a good day, buddy. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.